Hey legends, welcome along to Here's Your Otters. No, it's not. <laughs> I was just going to start the podcast with absolutely the wrong name of this podcast. This is not Here's Your Otters Vlogs and Reviews podcast. This is indeed Hellmouth Hotline and I am your host Rodney Stewart and we're going to get into another little chat about Buffy the Vampire Slayer Season 3. So guys, I screwed that up in a big bad way to start this off with, but uh, it is what it is. Uh, <laughs> I would rather put out an episode with the warts and all set up than have it, you know, produced beyond belief. You know, it's, it's just perfectionism as an excuse for doing absolutely nothing. And uh, it's weird saying that in this podcast because I literally just did a video blog over on Here's Otter's Vlogs on YouTube uh, about the importance of doing nothing. I've got a week off work and I've pretty much spent the better part of this first day of it unconscious and bed asleep. But uh, I'm up now and uh, was watching Buffy the Vampire Slayer and uh, this is episode 4 of season 3. It's called Beauty and the Beasts and on this episode there is, surprise, surprise, a murder of a student from the, the high school. And uh, Oz is the suspect involved here. Uh, this kid has been found in a brutal murder in the woods where he's been mauled beyond all recognition, essentially. And uh, they discover that Xander slept through his watch over Oz, every time he turns into a werewolf, uh, the three, four nights out of the month, there's a full moon, and he becomes a werewolf, they lock him up in the cage, in the library, in the school, and it's weird that nobody questions anything that happens in this library, but it's a TV show, and it is what it is, we'll go with it. Uh, of course, Xander falls asleep, and not realising that the window is open inside the pen and Oz does escape during the night but returns to the the cage before he changes back into human form and of course you know did Oz cause all this damage um, we also have the fact that Angel is now back and you know is he going to be a possibility as well uh, because of the first time we meet him Buffy's out in patrol in the woods double checking essentially to see if there is another if there's a possibility of another werewolf in the area to try and clear Oz of this murder he's beating himself up in a major way so it's as at night time he's locked up all safe and in the woods Buffy comes across Angel Angel having returned from the hell dimension at the end of the last episode he's running about the woods kind of crazy and animal like so you know we've got two suspects at this point did Oz cause the death of the student or did the returned Angel cause the death of the student and uh, she spots him in the woods uh, he attacks her Completely animalistic, but he's no match for her, and she beats his ass, takes him back to the mansion, and chains him up 
and she looks at the spot on the floor where she left the ring at and it was scorched by bodies by bodies by Angel's body when he returned from the hell dimension uh, Buffy is in this episode she's also been sent to the high school psychiatrist Mr. Platt uh, you know as part of her the deal of her getting back into school is she has to go to this psychologist he has to clear on the mental side of things she's got a lot of lessons to catch up on makeup tests and whatnot and she's not happy about having to go see this guy uh, because she's gonna to have to talk about her life and she slowly begins to open up about some of the stuff that's going on in her life and she's like uh, she brings up the the past with Angel and what happened in season two but as far as you know she's constantly always trying to keep the the secret that she is the slayer and she can't open up 100% to this guy either even though he's a psychologist um, you know she pretty much puts it down to you know it was a, a boyfriend and uh, he kind of falls in the blanks you know he, he started to treat you badly and whatnot and you thought he was a good guy and he turned into a bad guy but you know as far as he's concerned he's just talking about a, an asshole boyfriend and not a brittle demon killer that Angelus was so uh, Buffy is slowly getting bits and pieces of this story out and uh, you know as far as she's concerned at that point in the episode everything's out in the open uh, she confessed in the last episode that Angel was cured when she had to kill him but later on whenever she discovers that he's back uh, the secrets start again she doesn't know what to do about this um willow xander cordelia they are off at the the morgue to collect hair samples from the body of the mauled kid that was killed at the beginning of the episode to try and determine what happened to him or how he was killed and everybody's trying to clear oz at this point uh buffy goes to jives and she tells him that she had a, a vivid dream of Angel coming back. Of course, the lies, the secrets are starting again. And, uh, you know, this has happened. Angel has come back. She's met him in real life. She's chained him up in the mansion. But she's telling Giles it's all a dream. Giles explains that time passes differently in demonic dimensions, in the hell dimension that he was sent to. So, uh, you know like a day on earth could be like a hundred years in the other dimension and it means he's been down there for hundreds or thousands of years maybe so any being who manages to turn would most likely have been turned into a monster and the chances of someone maintaining their humanity in a hell dimension as the chances are very very slim of that happening and Buffy wonders at this point was Angel responsible for the murder of the kid uh, but the hair samples that the rest of the Scooby gang get at the morgue were inconclusive uh, there's a couple of new characters pop up in this episode we have uh, Scott as in this again he was in if memory serves he was in the last episode where he was trying to ask Buffy out 
and uh, now that I've actually said it out loud, yes, Scott was on the last episode, but we get to meet Pete and Debbie, a couple that are friends with Scott in this episode, and uh, we see them sneaking about on campus, and they sneak into this little room to make out, and Pete discovers that you know, there's these jars with this liquid, like luminous liquid in it, and he discovers one of the jars has been emptied, and he accuses Debbie of drinking its contents, and we're not really clued in so much to where this stuff came out of, or until the end of the episode. Actually, you know, it's again the the early days of TV. You know, a lot of stuff weren't. You know, newer TV shows and newer movies these days. It almost seems like there's a few characters and scenes dropped in there that are just explaining everything as it goes. Everybody needs to know absolutely everything is happening at that moment. So it's a little bit disjointed whenever we see what's happening here with this liquid and Pete freaking out because he thinks that this girl Debbie has been drinking its contents and uh, he's not happy. And uh, he starts getting, you know, angry at her. It uh, he yells at her, then transforms into a monster and tells her that he, he used to need the substance to turn into the monster, but now he only needs to get mad. He's, he's kind of got to the, the Incredible Hulk stage, you know, don't make me angry. He wouldn't like me when I'm angry. Uh, he changed into this monster and he begins beating this girl Debbie and then he changes back into the human form tells her it's her fault for making him mad and uh, you know he pretty much asks her to forgive him and she does it's uh, that's one of these situations it's a storyline that deals with the the relationships where someone's getting and I was going to say, I was just going to go down the straight path of, you know, the abusive boyfriend. But, you know, I'm old enough, I've been out in the real world long enough now to know that, you know, uh, an abusive relationship doesn't have to be physically abusive. It can be mentally abusive as well. And it can also be from both sides. You know, it's not just the man beating the woman or, you know, treating her badly mentally but you know it can also work the other way around as well i've seen it countless times before i do know of a few friends of mine at the moment that are in relationships where that's not real mental abuse but they're just you know they've been they've been shut down by their partners you know everything that the person was before they get into the relationship is pretty much beaten out of them and they have to be what the other person wants them to be in you know there's no meeting in the middle the way a real true relationship works, you know, you've got two different individuals coming together and you need to get a a balance between the two people and meet in the centre and like both personalities connect in a way where they coexist and not where, you know, one person comes in and says, Right, this is how life is supposed to be and everything that you were and believe in is completely gone and you're doing shit my way now. So it's that's uh that's that story in this episode as well. It's it's uh it's serious material that they're working off here. 
Um, Buffet again goes back to uh, the counsellor, the the school psychologist, Mr. Platt, and uh, where is that at in my notes? She pretty much bounces back into the office for her second meeting with him. Everything's gathered up on her at this point. Angel's back. She has him chained up in the mansion. Mansion. I said that in a very, very Americanized way of saying that word. She has him chained up in the mansion. And uh, she's now lying again, keeping secrets from her friends. And she needs to get it off her chest. So she bounces into this guy's office, Mr. Platt. And pours out her heart about absolutely everything that's going on. She just drops it all out there. You're going to think I'm crazy, but this is what's happening. Blah, blah, blah. Out it comes. And the whole time, he is sitting in his office chair with his back to her. And he's a smoker. He has a cigarette in his hand. And as she's going through everything, she realises that this whole time, he hasn't moved. And she looks down at the hand, and it's a cigarette that has been burnt. that has been freshly lit. Like one, one pull has been taken from the cigarette, and it is literally born from the top to the bottom, without the ash breaking off. And she realizes that he's been mauled to death as well. But this clears everyone at this point, because this murder happened during the daytime, so it couldn't be us. You know, once the the moon disappears and the sun comes back out, he changes from werewolf back to human form. Of course, it can't be Angel either, because if he got out of the mansion, he's going to burst into flames and the sunlight. So everybody is cleared at this point. Um, Mr. Platt, Mr. Platt kills during the day. Um, Oz, when he gets out, he meets up with Debbie. He promised to give her some notes that he had made on some tests that he had taken. Uh, she has to do a bit of catching up. The same as Buffy. And he offers to give her her notes. And when he meets her, he notices she's sporting the black eye that she got off Pete. Uh, Buffy and Willow, hearing about this, they seek Deb out Debbie. And they try in vain to talk sense into her. But, you know, she is completely invested in this guy. And, like, the, the abuse is just something that she's accepted in this relationship. Um... While that's going on, Angel breaks free from his shackles. Uh, Pete has seen Oz with Debbie and finds Oz in the library at this point. Oz is locked up again in preparation for the full moon coming out and his last transformation to a werewolf. So Pete comes into the library and starts fretting them. And uh, Oz is giving out the the Incredible Hulk lines, and you know, you don't want to be here, this can't be good. Uh, Pete turns into the monster, starts to beat up Oz for talking to Debbie, and he's getting his ass handed to him. And the sun sets during this fight, the tables are turned, Oz transforms into the werewolf, and the two of them start beating seven shades of shit out of each other. Oz become evenly matched in strength, uh, you know, it's just slap for slap essentially in this uh buffy turns up she tries he grabs the tranquilizer guns always on call for whenever oz is in werewolf form in case he gets out of the cage you're gonna have to tranquilize him 
but Debbie at this point is along with them and she sees that Oz as the werewolf is fighting Pete in his monster form of course she's fully invested in him so she pushes the gun away and Buffy ends up shooting Giles in the arse with it so he goes down uh, Buffy chases after Pete uh, You know they break off from each other Pete escapes and uh, Oz is escaping as well uh, Willow and Faith pursue him eventually tranquilise him get him knocked out um Buffy follows Pete's blood trail you know, he's been cut during the fight but he finds but this guy Pete he's found Debbie first and despite her despite her pleas and attempts to appease him he is he's gone crazy he is blaming her for absolutely everything everybody knows who I am now what's going on it's all your fault sort of thing and he ends up killing her at the end of the episode. Uh, Buffy finds Pete, but he's pretty much too strong for her. And in the fight, he knocks her to the ground. And he's just about to go in for the kill when the door bursts open and Angel arrives. So Buffy is kind of freaked out at this point because she's fighting this guy. Uh, she also She also thinks that Angel at this point is a, an unfailing monster after having spent thousands of years in hell because of her. Uh, so she, the first reaction she has is, this guy's trying to kill me, this guy Pete. Angel's came for me too. And uh, Angel takes the move, goes for Pete, and he uses the chains that are still binding his wrist together. Wraps it around Pete's neck, kills him. And he's on vampire form. He's got the vampire face on him. And after the fight, he reverts back to his human face, looks at Buffy, calls her name before falling to his knees, and embracing her. And tears. He's a broken man essentially. At the end of the episode, but has proven at this point that he's there to protect her as well, even after everything that he's just gone through. And uh, at the end of the episode, he's back in the mansion, and he's asleep, trying to sleep, but he's obviously having nightmares, and he's kind of crying in his sleep, and Buffy is watching over him at the end of the episode. And uh, I'm completely lost at this point in the the series, because, uh, as I did say in a few past reviews, um just where I was at in life and over this first aired on TV there was a lot going on in my personal life I was out into the real world getting a job I was dating about to make the the decision to get married all that sort of stuff so you were just getting time to check out TV back then and again just to kind of dive into the the mentality of the relationships of Pete and Debbie in this episode. I did say that it's not just physical and mental abuse that people go through, but just control all around. And getting time, and like I'm not going to say my marriage was a, a mentally fucked up thing, but it was one of these relationships where I was kind of shut down from a lot of stuff that I wanted to do in favour of the stuff that my ex-wife wanted to do and uh, you know getting to watch a lot of 
science fiction and pop culture wasn't really on the cards as far as the relationship was concerned back then so I have kind of you know since then I have seen all the episodes all the series but it's been a long long time and uh, I'm kind of pulling a blank on the vast majority of season 3 at this point so I'm just as curious to get into the next episodes to find out what's going on as probably you guys are so uh, yes this episode was great I enjoyed it I'm still really finding it really strange whenever you're you're going through the research for these episodes and you look down at the original air date and it was October 20th 1998 that does not seem that long ago it really doesn't it's I don't know what it is about TV and movies but you know you, you kind of forget sometimes just how old some of these shows are and just and for me Buffy the Vampire Slayer is one of these shows that you know watching it now particularly the first couple of seasons you can see how dated it is in places but it, I haven't said that there it's also kind of timeless as well I absolutely love it so uh, yes that's going to do it for this episode guys uh, hope you enjoyed it if you did please give me a little written review on your podcast app of choice and uh, you know hit that follow button and please share it along you know I can't grow this yet without you guys helping me so I would really really appreciate that and until the next episode Stay safe, and I'll talk to you all then. This has been a production of Coins Edge Media. Thank you so much for listening.